Good evening and welcome back to the NRL Supercoach Champions podcast. You're here with Guy, Coach of Munsters Inc. And as always, I'm joined by Wilfred, Coach of Washed Up Catfish. How are you going, mate? Yeah, good. Um, feeling pretty happy. Had a, a another decent week last week. Uh, most importantly, clawed back some of the gap between us. So I scored 1,300, which uh, I think was pretty decent. It was like the top 1,200 scores for the week or so. And um, I think the gap between us is about 30, 31 points now. So it's pretty tight up the top. Yeah, I um I had an okay week for changing the captain to Cook. I scored 1,203, so just broke that 1,200 mark, which was good. But that was enough to drop me back something like 70 spots or something like that. So I'm still ranked at 1,600. So, um, yeah, it looks like you might need a bit of a big score to jump into that top 1,000. It's pretty tight. So teams are starting to look a bit more the same. But um, now Origin's here. There's a chance of a few pods that you might be able to jump on and see how you go with that. Well, it definitely seems like round 12 is uh, really going to sort out the uh, contenders from the pretenders because it's getting harder and harder uh, as we lose players to injury and potential origin. And, yeah, it's getting pretty messy. We've got to give a um, shout-out to our group leader again. So once again, we've got Joshua, who's the coach of Canvas Crusaders. So he was leading for two weeks previously and then uh, was overtaken uh, by the Bunning Snags for just one week. And here he is back at 27th overall. So really well done to him. And also shout-out to him for jumping on board as one of our champs. So he's uh, popped into our Discord and hopefully um, we can help him keep climbing up that leaderboard. Yeah, good work, mate. So, uh, looking at our hype train, Jason Tomalolo, he was on here last week. Uh, he's almost at five, 6,000 trade-ins yet again, so 631,200, break-even 56. He was a no-brainer last week. He's still a no-brainer. If you missed out, you've got to get him. And he's not going to play Origin. He's one of the safest trades you can have. I don't think we need to talk about that anymore, right? No. If You should have got him last week, but if for some reason you didn't, definitely bring him in now. So after Tom Malolo, it gets a little bit interesting. So a player who's got almost 5,000 trade-ins, uh, but has only played one game this season, so probably no prizes for guessing that it's Dylan Walker. So 313,500. He's center wing 5'8th dual position, so that's pretty handy. And um, as I said before, second game, he scored 59 last week with a try, so impressive uh, score of 42 in base and base attack, so that's quite good. And I think a lot of the appeal, I suppose, with Walker is he's cheap. He's historically been able to average 50 to 60 or so playing um, in the centers. Uh, which is his preferred position. And he's got a pretty good draw with um, the Titans at home this week, Panthers away um, in round 12, and then he's got the Cowboys in Townsville, the Dragons at home, and then the Titans again. Uh, But that time will be up in Queensland. So that's pretty friendly as far as draws go. Are you interested at all in Dylan Walker? No, not... Not for me. I've got um, eyes on someone else. Like he, He's cheap enough that if he jags a double or whatever, he's going to take off and make you cash and whatever. But 59, 
with the try. He he could also bomb a game, and I don't see him as the the draw is nice, so I can see the appeal there. But Titans, Panthers, Cowboys, Dragons, and Titans again. That'll take us through to um, what round sixteen. Yeah, so that's um basically round eleven to fifteen. Yeah, and I I don't know if he if he nuffs one up, I can't see you holding for that entire period, um, waiting for his price to go back up. So, um, I I definitely see the appeal, but um, I'll, it's still two two weeks before this game and the next before his price even goes up. So, I. Even if you have another look at him this week and um, bring him in the week after, if he's going to turn in a big one, but I'll give him a miss, I think, for now. So I guess with um, the decisions with trades, waiting for his third game, which would actually be round twelve, is difficult because obviously we only have two trades that week, and no doubt a lot of us have trades in mind. And we'll talk about this in a bit more detail later in the podcast, but. I guess that maybe that's why so many people are jumping on quickly because I assume, given what's happened with him this year and the fact that he's only played one game, surely Dylan Walker as a natural right centre is not in the origin conversation, right? Uh, no, I can't see it. Not after missing um, that much time on the sideline. I think, um, yeah, he's too far behind. You can't chuck him in when he's this cold. Yeah, no, I think I agree. So, I, again, I agree. I can certainly see the appeal. Uh, as for whether I'm going to get him, I don't think I will just because I've got other preferences for players I want to have in my center wing instead. Um, look, I think if you've got the, the spare slot there and, you know, you can see yourself trading him out a little bit later in the in the season after he's uh, hopefully gone up in price for you guys, um, I certainly think, yeah, not a bad option, but... Certainly not a must-have at all. Uh, aside from that, I mean, looking at the top trades for this week, there are not that many that stand out. So all around about 1,500 to 2,000 trades of Isan Masters, which I think is pretty interesting given he doesn't play round 12 and he's up against the Rabbitohs this week. And then you got Adam Fenua Blake, you got Manu Mau, you've also got Elliot Whitehead. Any of those names there stand out to you that you're interested in? I'm pretty interested in Mau a second rower who's in the centre wing again. You, you can't get much better than that. I know I know Whitehead is as well, but Moe's just a bit of a safer bet for me. Um, Whitehead's still relying on tacky, attacking stats, so he, he can definitely jag him, but I remember being high on him when he first came out here and he started off pretty well and then sort of went backwards. So Moe for me and... They're playing. I think they've got two games at their new stadium, and they've been playing pretty well there. So I'll, I'll probably back him. Aiden Fenua Blake's another one that's interesting me, just simply because he's starting. He's pumping out decent scores even without the attacking stats, and he's um, with that with that hundred in the bank. By the time twelve rolls around, you'll trade him out at a price rise, so he he shouldn't be going down by then so score should score a bunch of points and then make money and then you can trade him out so those two are interesting me the most and I think I'll give Whitehead a miss yeah I think I agree with you on that one just because uh, with Whitehead I mean he's benefited most from Bateman being out because as part of Bateman being out uh, Whitehead swapped 
from the left edge where he's been for the majority of the season um, to the right edge uh, where he's getting better quality ball from um, Sam Williams. I mean, not not because Jack Whiten's not ball playing or whatever, but he's you know he's more likely to run or he's going out the back to Jared Croker. So uh, Sam Williams is much more willing to just dump it off and give. Well, he he was you know often giving early ball to BJ and, and Rapana. And obviously he's doing that with Whitehead, letting Whitehead's uh, attacking ability come through. And if, obviously, we're seeing Joseph Tarpane on the bench at the moment, and he started the season, obviously, playing right edge, so there's every chance that Tarpane could uh, go back on the right edge. We don't know. He might play middle uh, as just a bench prop, so to speak, uh, for the time being. Uh, but there's every chance he goes on the right edge. Elliot's um, Whitehead's back on to the left edge and... I fear for, you know, I mean, he started the year playing 80 minutes. He scored 42, 49, 27, 41, 63, 39. Like, that's not very appealing to me um, for his price tag. So, yeah, look, uh, I can see the appeal right now, but I just think there's too much that can change for Whitehead to really want to take that punt on him. Um, I agree with you about Fanoa Blake. Obviously, um, you know, he was one of your preseason picks uh, from your Champions Choices articles, um, your left left field pods are at yeah, a flack for that. Yeah, I, I did cop a fair bit of flack over them, but I think I'm ending up fifty fifty at the minute. So no, uh, he's certainly done. He's done, uh, you know, a lot better than majority of people expected. But if you look at him, I mean, it's round ten, and he's only played six games, and he's missed games through injury. Uh, and suspension so that's i guess part of the issue with Fanil black he you know is a little bit of a loose cannon um I, if you think about marty to a couple of years back there's a lot of you know young marty in Fanil blake and how he plays so i can certainly understand um, why he hasn't been you know such a highly sought after player plus oh. obviously the injuries too oh i agree and like i mean with the emergence of haas um I don't even think he's a keeper, but for someone who can, who's going to go up in price and give you that at minimum fifty points, then yeah, you you can't miss for that. And as I, I I like him just because mainly because he can be a stepping stone from now with that hundred and eleven into another keeper for sixteen. So yeah, I I think he's not a bad shout. Yeah, definitely. And I think we talked about that, um, you know, in previous uh, episodes where when looking at buy coverage options, we talked about, you know, wanting to jag someone who's got a big score rolling through for a couple of weeks over the buy round. Uh, and that's Fanua Blake perfectly. It fits. Um, so even though he's got a break even of just around 44, I think, this week, um, I expect that to drop, assuming he does a decent score because he's right now still got a 30 and his rolling average. So if that drops out, he'll have 111 plus whatever he scores this week. So he can shoot up a bit in price. Uh, I think he's a fairly safe pick, um, aside from obviously the obvious um, injury and suspension risks, which obviously we talked about already. So uh, I also agree with you with Mo. He's going to be one of my trades this week for Ockenball. Uh, I think he's pretty safe. And, you know, as you said, back row playing the center wing, he's hitting 50 to 60 minutes playing in the middle at the moment. There's obviously some fears about what happens when Nathan Brown comes back. Uh, I don't think I'm as 
scared or, or worried about that, to be honest, because in, you know, it's just my opinion, but I, I look at that Eels pack and I think Nathan Brown and Manu Ma'u are your two best forwards. So, you know, you can trust Brad Arthur to be able to give his two best forwards the, the most minutes in that pack. Yeah, he's getting, as as soon as Brown's back, he's getting his edge spot back. So it'll either be Lane or Nikore. It'll be one of those two on the other side. He'll, he'll have that left edge spot back for sure. Yeah, look, I think that's most likely the way he'll go. Uh, Lane played right edge at the Seagulls beside DCE. And also, I mean, he had this weird rotation where he'd start on the edge and then push into the middle. So who knows if um, BA would do that. I can actually see maybe Brown playing prop as well because they've struggled um, at times in the middle this year. Whereas, I mean, not that you know Lane and Nyukore have been fabulous on the edges, but BA might decide that works better for them rotation-wise. I don't know. Um, I, I do think Manu... Uh, on that left edge um, he's been good for a number of years on that edge and that could be the way he ends up leaning anyway but yeah regardless I still see his minutes to safe he'll keep get, he'll keep getting 50 60 playing in the middle or if he's back on the edge he'll get the 80 and um, I think that'll give him a decent floor and he can be a season long hold as just that safe option who you know if you get an injury to one of your frontline guys um, like, you know, a Masters sits a week out because he's got that ankle issue or whatever, I'd be more than happy to plug in Marl for a week uh, later down the track in the season. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Masters, we you know, we know he's a gun. I just don't know why people are grabbing him this week. I assume these are head-to-head players probably uh, because if you're playing overall, there's no reason you'd get him this week as opposed to just waiting until post-round 12. Yeah, well, you, you probably need him for 16, but... Yeah, you'd wait till 12 and then try and decide if he's going to go up or down straight after it and pick the best time to bring him in. Yeah, and I don't think this particular matchup this week is, you know, super tasty or anything like that, given the Rabbitohs are one of the better defensive teams on the whole. All right, so let's move on to looking at our cheapies, looking at the cheap, cheap options. So the most popular trade-in at the moment is, uh, I'm going to butcher this name, but I think it's Mawini Hiroti from the Rabbitohs. So his base base price, settlement only. He's only played one game, but he scored 64 with a nice try um, late in the game to help win for the Rabbitohs. So right now, I guess he's only in because you've got Alex Johnston, who's injured. And Corey Allen, who was on the wing, is playing fullback. But uh, you'd think either way, he's going to definitely play around 12 because with Dane Gagai out as well, that'll most likely give one more backline spot, even if AJ was hap- you know, was a sudden re- reappearance um, next week. But what do you reckon is his job security? How long do you reckon he'll be around for? Uh, I'm, I'm not too sure. I've, I think... <sighs> With the majority of people, if you've already got, say, you'd have to have CNK in there. Simonson, probably, if if you've got Allen, I, I don't know because you, you'll put him you'll put him in there for someone, and then he might he might play twelve and then go, which which isn't a bad thing. But then you'll probably need to reload him into someone for sixteen. 
Oh, yeah. I've... So you might only get like one or two price rises and then yeah, you'll yeah. end up wanting and... to ditch him or upgrade him later. Yeah, and I think it's it's probably too early to be going to um the rookie nuffs just yet. So, yeah, it, I mean, Alan's not setting the world on fire either. So if, if he can play his way into a spot, he might be able to hold it. So, yeah, you're taking a bit of a risk on him. And, and again, I've got... Some other targets. I'd rather get Mo down there, and yeah, some some other some other targets in that area. So I'll probably give him a miss. But yeah, if if you're happy with how solid your team is and want to try and get another scorer in there, you could maybe take a pun on him. But I'll give it a miss. I can see some people wanting to say, you know, downgrade Ockenbore to free up that cash so that they can use it to to upgrade or. or have that money set aside to spend next week um, once they know what's happening with the Origin guys. So I don't think he's a bad option. I just think you've got to be realistic. He might only get three, four games and just sit there. Uh, there is a slim chance, I think, because, I mean, Wayne Bennett in the preseason was talking about how Corey Allen wasn't a winger. He's a fullback. Um, obviously, injuries meant that Corey Allen had to play wing. But now that with um, Hiroti emerging and, and looking, well, I think he looks like a better winger than um, Alan already, even yeah. just <laughs> those one game. Uh, there's every chance that Alan might just, you know, fade off into the bench or um, out of the first grade team altogether with Hiroti keeping the spot on the wing instead. So that would be, you know, an ideal best case scenario for those who take the punt. But um, yeah, look, I don't think he's like a must have or anything like that. I, I am a little bit cautious as to why they're grabbing him with just only one game uh, with such bad job security in the first place but uh, I guess you know people are desperate they want to try grab some people and free up and keep free um, two trades for origin guns who uh, I guess they're holding off maybe to just to, to not grab them this week yeah and I mean like those centers are never or and wingers are never a bad shout when their base price they could get a double score your 100 or put in 20. So, And even if it is, you do get a 20 out of them. It's just that an extra number that some other people mightn't have. And then if they do hit the lottery, then you're laughing. So I can, I can see it. But for me, I'm upgrading Ockenbore. So that's the way I'd prefer to go. But like I said, if, you've, if, if you think you want to get some money to spend somewhere else, then, yeah, it's a decent shout. Yeah, so looking at our next popular trade for the you know cheapy options, so actually a name we talked about a couple of weeks back, Patrick Herbert is on this list again. So he's now two hundred seventy six thousand three hundred dollars. Uh, he's already gone up roughly one hundred eight thousand dollars. He's still got a break even of negative twenty two thanks to his big score of ninety six last week. Is it too late to jump on Herbert? Yeah, I think so. I I just think because he won't be playing twelve, he's not base price he's I, I just think if you bring him in if you've already have someone like masters latrell or gutho or anything like that to trade down to him yeah i think it'd be a silly move at the minute if you've got on already good work but yeah i think it's too late for me yeah the only way i would get him is if you think he's actually going to be a viable play in your 17 obviously he was last week and, you know, you might need to look at his draw and decide whether he's going to be a viable option. Uh, so, yeah, look, I think personally probably too late if you don't have him already. Uh, but, 
you know, if you're convinced that he is going to be a decent option and could end up being, you know, someone that you trade in and actually not, not trade out again, he could be someone you keep for the year, then, yeah, jump on. He's a pretty decent price if that's the case. Uh, next name is Jai Field from the Dragons, 181,100. He's fullback and 5'8", dual position. Bad player's third game. He's got a negative 30 break-even. I guess there's big question marks about his job security. So last time I checked, I believe Corey Norman was due back round 13. So Jai Field will play his third game in round 11, have the round 12 bye, and then could be on the bench or out of the team altogether if Norman is back. Um, do you think he's just the real obvious trap here? Yeah, moving right along. Not for me. Yeah, no, I agree. Even though he did get to kick goals last week, which was rather interesting with Lomax in the team. Yeah, that's... Oh, I don't know what Mary's doing, but anyway. <laughs> that's it, classic Mary McGregor. Um, the next name is Jesse Arthurs from the Titans. So he's named at centre this week. He's also base price. He's centre-wing fullback dual. Break union of just two. Yeah, again, some question marks over job security. In his first game, he actually came off the bench for the Titans and played about 53 minutes, uh, whereas last week he started in the centers and played the full lady, Peachy, going to the bench instead. So the reason I have question marks over his job security because Garth Brennan is uh, he's he's borderline insane at the moment in terms of how he's doing his rotations. So... What he did with Arthurs in his first game was he brought him on to play fullback and wing, um, rotating with Michael Gordon, from what I could see. Now, Dale Copley, who was on the wing, moved into left center, and then Tyrone Peachy moved into the left edge back row spot, which then saw Bryce Cartwright move into the middle and play lock. And that was a planned substitution and a planned rotation. There was no injury that it caused all of that shuffling. So I just don't understand what Garth Brennan's doing. Yeah, too, uh, many, too many moving parts there for a team to have consistency for me. Like, and no wonder they were started getting opened up there. That yeah, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, well, they were you know two weeks ago they were great for that first half an hour, and then Brennan did that and really started leading the other team back into the contest. And then last week with Peachy coming off the bench, so around the 20, 20, 21 minute mark or whatever, he comes off um, the bench again onto the left edge. Cardi's into the lock, and um, I think Arrow ended up pushing up to the one of the prop spots with uh, I think it was Jared Wallace who came off to let Peachy go on. So it's just a mess. I just don't understand what Garth Brennan's doing. He's just shuffling for the sake of it, and just it's not working. So. Yeah, I couldn't go near Arthur's for that reason. There's too many chances that um, Brendan will just decide, oh, look, I'm going to go back to my original rotation. It seemed to work better or something like that. Yeah, and I just think, I mean, there's only, what, four more trades before Origin and you've got, if you don't have someone like Mo or CHN, even maybe kick out and there's the possibility of Turbo to come back, I think it's a waste bringing someone like him in over them, in my opinion. So, yeah, I'll move yeah. I, I guess people are probably looking for downgrade options, guys who are going to potentially play around 12, but also free up a bunch of cash so they can prepare to grab, you know, your, your Tommy Turbos and guys like that who might sh- suddenly show up in round 12. So I can see why that they're looking at these players, but it's just 
they're not great options, unfortunately. And um, a lot of people are still trading in Tom Dearden. Uh, so he's 194,400, breaking even of six. Uh, obviously, he's got good job security, uh, but it does look like he's going to be a bit of a slow burner. He probably would be traveling a bit better if uh, Matt Gillette didn't drop that party through. Yeah, that was a nice little play from him too. Like, if you did watch it, just how while the ball was in the air, he's changed his line to get on the outside to set that up. So I think we've talked about that before. He looks like a um, good little um, game manager and looks like he'll, eventually he'll be able to get those try-assist, line-break assists. But, uh, yeah, he doesn't run the ball enough for me and I, I missed him and took a chance on someone else and still happy I did that. So, yeah, it's not. I'm, I'll end up trying to upgrade CHT to probably D- Daily Cherry Evans when he's back. So I, I wouldn't be jumping on him now. I'd, I'd give him a miss if you haven't got him. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it's not it's not a huge amount that you went up. I think it only went up about 25 grand or whatever, but, you know, every little bit counts and there's probably better options to use for your halfback spot if you don't have them already. Um, so... Just going to take one of the questions from our, our champs. So James Dowling at Fizzed James, he asked about uh, an Ockenbore trade down replacement uh, that's in the second row forward only. Um, I guess he's stuck. He's got him stuck there. Uh, and we also got a question from at Pele's protege, who also just wanted to see who were some trade out trade down options for Ockenbore. In second row, it's pretty ugly. There's not really many options there. And the only name I could find was actually Mitch Dunn from the Cowboys. So he is second row forward only, 210,700. He's got a breaking even of negative 12. So if you've seen him play, he's generally a, an edge back rower, but he's been playing uh, backup dummy half at times. And he's also uh, been the go-to center replacement. So this week uh, with Ben Hampton going down early, uh, with injury, unfortunately, hopefully he recovers quickly. Uh, but he looks like he could be out for months. So Din- Dunn comes onto the field and he plays right center, and he ends up uh, actually jagging a, a nice attacking stat because he threw a nice pass uh, later in the game to let Kyle Felt score. So with that break even negative twelve, um, if Cohen Hess actually ends up playing Origin, which is no guarantee at the moment, but there's every chance that Dunn could end up being the starting, you know, right edge back rower for the Cowboys for that week, which obviously would be a nice little bonus. So I think he's not, uh, you know, a, a home run or anything like that, but he's a he's someone you can have a think about. So I thought I'd throw that name in there. Well, yeah, and I, I think the other bloke from um, Penrith, uh, Martin, it, what, he was bench, wasn't he, on the team list? Yeah, so he's um, the first name on the interchange. And he's still got a negative 20-something break-even, but he's about 260000 now. So oh, I think you might have missed a boat on that yeah. one with um, him nabbing a try last week. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That, that's a fair call. I can't, off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone else in that second-row <laughs> position. No. Uh, I mean, Hudson Young was a name that got thrown up, but he's over three hundred grand now. Uh, and with Joe Tarpany on the bench now, yeah. I think it's... You know, if you if it was a good risk you could have taken a week or two ago, definitely not taking a risk on him now when Tarpany is actually on the bench now. So yeah, I wouldn't grab him for sure. So in our discussion just before, I think we touched upon a, quite a few, uh, I guess, strategy points of discussion here. So um, 
you know, we talked about grabbing guys like Mo. We talked about possibly trying to keep a trade available next week for, say, a Tom Travojevic if he ends up being named, um, given that the rumor is he's trying to come back and play and he might be back for round 12, even though he might not be. We don't know for sure. So looking at, obviously, we've got two trades this week for round 11 and two trades for round 12. I think this is a good time to really talk about, well, how are you going to go plan these? And I think a lot of the our listeners are actually doing this already because that's why they're downgrading um, to GPs to free up coin for next week. They're looking at who they want to trade out. We're getting some questions. So a great question from um, at Colin Westcott. Is it really worth trading Gerbo, Arrow, Clemmer, um, for example, Origin or Nelt, run around 12 forwards out for someone like an AFB? a Tolman or someone like that to covers round 12, especially if I plan to bring them back later anyway. So we've talked about the idea of bringing, um, you know, trading at Jake or, or Arrow and also, uh, I mean, not, neither of us own Clemmer, but we talked about Clemmer being a good target to potentially trade out. What do you, what are your thoughts on that? Like, is it, is it this round to pull the trigger on that or should you wait until round 12 or? Well, we actually had a bit more of a look at Jake and his scores actually weren't too bad as an average through that period in between. It's just um, he, he did need that attacking stat to help perk him up. He still hits around those 60-odd, so you could prob- you could argue to still hold him if you've burnt trades and your team looks like you've got enough second rowers there. Arrow, I think... Um, especially after the injury last year, they'll they'll try and manage him through that period. I don't think they're going to load him up with minutes just in case it can happen again. He's not a massive forward and back injuries are pretty bad. And Clemmer, you could see already dropping minutes last week. So I think they'll try and manage him through that period too. And just having a look though at Jake about when to trade him out. He actually has... His break-even currently... 67 this week, I believe. Yeah, so I'd probably wait a week on him because he'll he'll get up near that against the Titans. So I'd, I'd if you have Martin or Ockenborf in your side first, I'd um, fix that up before I touch Jake. Yeah, I think that's a fair call. I'm in that tough decision of um, really the only obvious trade-out I have uh, is Ockenball this week, and he's already going for Manu Maruk, who who's going to be in my centre wing. Then I've, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about grabbing Fanil Black myself this week. Just, you know, we talked about how he's, you know, his big scores come at a pretty good time, and therefore he's a pretty low risk option to get another round twelve number. So I'm torn trying to decide who to trade out because I've obviously got Jake, I've got Arrow, and um, I've just got these. I've just got this feeling that Jake is going to score a try this week against the Titans. I can't shake it. I, there's, there's no reason for me to think that at all. It's just uh, it's in my head. So I'm finding it really hard to pull the trigger on on him to Fanua Blake. But yeah, look, if you had an option, I definitely would trade someone else out first and try to leave Jake and Arrow. You know, there's every chance they pump out another 70s, 80s score this week. And for yeah. that reason, I think yeah, leaving them as late as possible is the best is is the best play there. Agree, but you don't in your if you want Fanua Blake, you have to jump on him this week. So if you, I mean, already if you downgraded Jake to him, it's only six bit over sixty grand that you're going to be making. So yeah, I think 
if it was me and that was my choice and I was had to pull the trigger this week, I'd probably get rid of Arrow before Jake. Yeah, I think that's a good call. And then I'll be playing three manly forwards against the Titans. <laughs> uh, one of them surely crashes over, right? <laughs> one of them has to. <laughs> surely. But I think, yeah, just going back to, um, I guess, Colin's question. I mean, I think we both agree Clemmer probably needs to go. He's already getting his minutes managed. Um, playing, you know, he was averaging 60, 65 minutes for the first eight rounds. The last two weeks, he's already dropping to mid-50s and um, and potentially lower. So, yeah, I think Clemmer is a good option to trade out. And, you know, you can reassess post-origin whether he's going to be a must-have for the last six, seven rounds. Um, I think with Jake and Arrow, uh, again, you can reassess. But I, I would imagine Jake's going to be a must-have for the run home. Arrow will just depend on health and how um, whether Garth Brennan has descended into the, the realms of insanity by then and deciding to play Arrow for 40 minutes a game or something like that. But yeah, I think that's how I would probably go. If you had to hold one of them, I would definitely hold Jake, given that he's got the best attacking upside of the three. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, no-brainer, I think. All right. And I guess in terms of other considerations. So obviously Tom, Tommy Turbo, you know, the rumours are there. He was going to try to get back for this week. That's obviously not happening. But he could end up being available for selection for round 12. I can imagine if, um, you know, Cherry Evans makes it back, but he's off to play Origin, that the Seagulls might want to, they might be tempted to play Tommy Turbo to help, obviously, try to get another win over this uh, tough period for them when they do lose a couple of their key players. So I think, yeah, it's it's going to be really important to have a plan to to grab him because, I mean, I can't imagine not having Tommy Turbo in such a critical buy round, right? No. Imagine he comes out and scores 150 like he did the other week. Yeah, nah. Was, oh, and, I mean, I've, I think I've got the same opinion on you. I don't really trust Hemis a lot after they're injured, but um, the only person I'd risk it on would probably be probably be him because you saw how much damage he can do like he, yeah he, he's a freak so I'll, I'll i'll my plan will be to um either trade out tedesco at that time or hopefully um old pappenhausen who unfortunately has been named on the bench i'd, I'd try and take um pay the bit of extra cash and get pappenhausen up to him but I still think there's a fair chance that we might see a late change to that storm side. I'm not sure. I've just got a, a feeling about it. Yeah, I don't think you're the only person with that feeling. Uh, I mean, you know, we're we're not we're not Craig Bellamy, but we could see how much of a difference he made to that storm attack, and just how much better he looked than Hughes, you know, in attack anyway. Um, in in just those two just the two games that he's um, flashed, so there could be a real chance that he ends up starting. But it's obviously a tough situation with him playing the second last game of the round. So yep. you might want to have a plan to you know how you're going to cover him basically if he's suddenly a late starter. Yeah, and I mean at the end of the day, you've got like um, I th- I think for Hughes too, it looks that way because Pappenhausen can pretty much create something by himself like that try up the middle was just complete speed and 
if if he gets on the outside of his man, he looks dangerous, like he had a run down the left flank where it, look, it just looked like he was going to go through. Whereas Hughes, it seems, seems is definitely slower and he needs the halves to be putting him into holes or, yeah, trying to set him up. And it's out the storm attack at the minute's just not doing that for him. So, yeah, I'm, it, it could even be that they move Hughes and give Croft another rest back in reserve grade. But if, if they do, uh, he might be stuck then too because if he does that, it's nearly telling Croft that they're going to move off him. So, um, yeah, Bellamy's got a few choices down there. But I'd hate to see him um, give Pappenhausen any time off the bench and then some club comes in with some cash. But saying that he's got a definite starting gig and then he leaves. So, yeah, I think long-term you need to look after Pappenhausen to make sure he stays there. Well, he certainly looks like a real prospect, um, despite I think there was rumours in the preseason how all 16 clubs were offered him and no one wanted him. And it could be a different story now, now that they've well, seen his ability on, in first grade. That's crazy, wasn't it? Like... And that, that's just getting a chance, like... And you can understand it, because I think um, Drinkwater had been around longer and Hughes has been around longer, so um, they were given their chances in front of him. But to be the third stringer, all three of those guys could probably go to a number of other clubs, probably get a start and jumper there. The only ones I can think of off the top of my head are probably um, Roosters, obviously, and... Um, manly but yeah they they look like really good prospects yeah i mean he's not he's he's like the fourth best fullback in the club the best fullback doesn't even play fullback (laughs) it's really ridiculous mate oh anyway it's it's a fullback factory down in (laughs) melbourne it's ridiculous anyway we're obviously well off track there so i think um long story short definitely make a plan for turbo so whether that's making sure you got money for him uh, or be mentally prepared to trade out Teddy to Turbo. That's probably a trade I'm going to make um, to to make this uh, work if he is named. Uh, just because, and I, I think I talked about it earlier, I, I am tempted to trade out Teddy for the three rounds just because obviously he's going to miss 12, 13, 14, 15. So he's three games, Panthers, Bulldogs, and the Storm. So two of his three games are pretty friendly, and that's going to be scary not having Teddy for them. But... The fact that he plays three games out of five and he might miss a six if he gets rested like Trent Robinson did with him last year in the round after game three, he gave Teddy a rest. So him playing just three games out of six, it's that's a lot of money sitting around doing nothing. And I think if I've got if I've got the ability to have a Tom Tommy Turbo plus RTS back there um, to cover, you know, if Turbo plays twelve and also if obviously RTS will play sixteen. I think I'm, I'd be happy to run that at the back for the time being. And yeah. Then, and what yeah. was just can just run us through the um last year. I've I've just got Tedesco's 2018 stats up. Um, just confirming the buy rounds again. 2018. Yeah. So round 13 was the first buy. So and then 14, 15, 16, and then round 17 was the next buy. And I'm pretty sure he sat at round 18 as well. Yeah, uh, he, as a as a planned rest. Yeah, so round thirteen, he it, round twelve, he got an eighty-two. Then he he had zero for round thirteen. Obviously, fourteen, he got forty against the Knights. 
Then he got 50 against the Panthers. Then he got 56 against Melbourne. Then he had the bye. And then, he, yeah, the planned rest of zero again. So, um, it, yeah, that, that 40, 50, 56 doesn't look like great reading. So, And it, well, we do say it's the middle forwards who get through the most work. But Tedesco was pretty busy last year. And he was taking a lot of runs up the middle too. So, yeah, that I can see the value in maybe giving him a spell. But if you, if you go down a little bit further, he then hit out 113 and 108 after his planned rest. So I, I wouldn't be too, I wouldn't be leaving him out of the side too much longer after Origin finishes. No, definitely not. And last year I made the mistake of just holding RTS for the rest of the season. This year I'm planning for if you know if I do go ahead with this Teddy trade out. I'll definitely be trading Teddy back in for RTS in the postseason. Um, sorry, in the post-origin round um, after he's yeah back in the lineup. So definitely not making that mistake again. <laughs> um, so um, in terms of the other play- trades you might plan for round twelve. So one, we've got a number of questions about Billy Britton. So for those who aren't sure, uh, plays for the Rabbitohs. He's the only other hooker. Um, in the top 30 squad, uh, aside from Damien Cook. So, you know, in theory, if Cook's not playing, Britain's the next man up. Uh, there was chat about Cam Murray potentially being the, the next hooker, uh, and we know he can play some hooker because he's deputised for Cook, um, you know, when Cook's gone off for HIA and things like that. But, um, you know, if, if Murray's playing Origin, Britain's going to be the guy and I can imagine anytime Cook's going to have a rest, uh, most likely Britain probably will be on the bench or whatever to fill in for him. So um, obviously a popular plan was to, you know, to run Cook and Britain as, you know, your one-two at the hooker position. Anytime that Cook is injured for an extended period of time, you expect Britain to come in and obviously he'll take over uh, and score well there, uh, hopefully while Cook's out. Um, and obviously, you know, in round 12, if Cook's playing origin, well, not if, when Cook's playing Origin, you're going to have uh, Britain most likely being the, the the number one hooker during that week. Maybe he doesn't play 80, but he'd still obviously be getting decent minutes. And, you know, as a bottom dollar cheapie, uh, I think a lot of people are keen to trade Blake Braley to him. Do you think you can just go ahead and trade him in this week or would you definitely wait till round 12 for that? Well, you're not going to make much money off the trade anyway, so that could be one you do next week, especially in case he gets, if he's injured in the lower grades. Yeah, well, it's, it just comes, because that would have been a trade I would have made, except I've pulled off a different move earlier. But um, it just seems now we're running out of trades, trying to get down to these um, littler players. So it could also be possible a lot of people are stuck with Brady if they haven't got rid of him yet. But yeah. Actually, yeah, I can't. I can't really see the difference between this week and next, especially if you're not like really. If you don't want Mau yet, he's he's still got a break even in the seventies. Kickout's got one in the seventies. Um, if you're passing on for Noah Blake, then yeah, I I can't see why you couldn't pull the trigger on it this week. Yeah, I think in theory that sounds right. Um, the only risk is obviously if he does get injured um, playing Reggie's or whatever. So, I think. I'd probably just go ahead and trade Maru in first this week, even though he's got a break-even of in the high 70s or whatever, just because, like, you know, we're all pretty flush with cash, I'd say. 
just <laughs> with so many cheapies rolling around um, in throughout this year, I think you know we can afford to take a 10, 20 grand hit if Mao only scores 60 as opposed to in the high 70s. Um, so you know, I, ideally you could wait till round 12 for that trade. But if you've got, say, I, you know, eyes on a double upgrade for potentially a turbo, and let's say Cody Walker doesn't make Origin, and you've, you know, you want to be cashed up and ready to run with um, being able to upgrade to both those guys in one hit, I can't imagine what your bank would be, but I can imagine some people would try and do that. Uh, so yeah, look, I think if that's the planned trade, then yeah, go ahead and just um, trade in Britain a week early. All right, now, um, I mean. Generally speaking, we've talked about perhaps prioritizing some of these you know, New Zealand or, or English players. That's why we keep mentioning the likes of Manamau and uh, Fenua Blake and you know Fisher Harris, Kikau, Whitehead. These are the guys who aren't definitely aren't going to play Origin, uh, and that's why I think all of them are probably safer picks than your potential fringe or Origin players. Like your, you know, we've talked about Gutherson, You got Fergo. You got Croker, Kotrick all of these guys who might potentially play Origin, uh, I think, you know, you're better off waiting until round 12, right? Yeah, but that, that especially that Fergo Kotrick one, a, a Fergo would be a good buy this week too because the Panthers have been shocking, everyone's scoring on them, as is Gutho, but if you don't own them, it, that's a big risk to be bringing them in right before 12. So, yeah, it's... General, like we've, we mentioned before, generally you can tell what the team's going to be, but with the issue, to with the injury to Tommy Turbo's just flung the door wide open. So, yeah, you'll be take you'll be taking a big risk if you bring any of those guys in. I think um, Croker is probably the safest. I can't see him making the side. So, yeah, out of the yeah, the, he'd he'd probably be the safest one if you were going a center that's p- potentially got their name in the hat for origin. Yeah, and I think actually Kotrick um, is probably, you know, one of the highest um, potential options there over Ferguson. I think I heard, uh, I've read somewhere that Freddie Fittler actually put Kotrick as a head, but it also said that if um, Blake had a big game this week, then he could leapfrog him. So it certainly seems like it's not like Ferguson can't be picked. Um, well, no, even but... though I think another thing to consider is Fergo was dropped for his um, behaviour, and and I get that he's cleaned cleaned himself up since he's gone to Parramatta and this and that and turned over a new leaf or whatever. But it it could still be seen. It was all about the culture, and it could be seen as giving players who do behave like that a free pass. When I mean, if, if we're being serious about it. Tommy Turbo, as soon as he's back, if he gets a game or two under his belt, he'll finish the series off. So yep. would would you really bring back in like Fergo and and give yourself that look of giving a bad boy a go, or would you would you give it to someone like Kotrick who you haven't heard a story of? He he's got the build for Origin. He'll be he'll be there for a, a few years once he gets picked. Yeah, so there's also that to take into account as well, I guess. Yeah, I look, I, I agree. It's It all makes sense. Uh, but I guess the fact that I think Freddie Fittler didn't necessarily re- rule out Ferguson and actually mentioned he could, you know, he, he's in the mix, um, is, I guess, 
reason enough to to perhaps have some pause before you shade him in. But look, oh. I mean, if we had to rank these guys, right? So I agree, Croak is probably the furthest away. I think Fergo probably would be the next safest option there, and then Kotrick would probably be the most dangerous, most likely to end up playing round um, to not play round twelve, even if you trade him in to to try cover it. Yeah, I I could agree with that, and I don't know about Gutho either. He Oh, it's just too open, I think. Um, He's hard to pick, isn't he? He yeah. could be in there as well. We don't know. This Yeah, this year's a toughie. Yeah, so uh, I'm just going to steer clear of all of them. I'm going to prioritise, you know, Fenua Black and Mahmoud this week. And uh, then, you know, I'll, I'll plan to either grab a Trevojevic and um, someone else next week. Or if, I mean, if I've got the money for for Tommy Tovo, I'll be able to afford, you know, Gutho, um, you know, public service announcement. If Pappenhausen only plays 50, um, off the bench this week, scores another 15-20, he, he's going to be about 40 grand from Gutho. So that's going to be pretty tasty as a as almost a straight swap next week. Wait, yeah, true. But yeah, look, I think that's um, probably where we stand on that at the moment. And uh, as just a quick question um, that still relates to the strategy chat we've been having um, about, so it comes from um, SC Gods Be Nice. So he's asking about selling around 16 coverage player like Sherry to fund around 12 numbers. So the example trades he was giving was uh, Ockenbaugh and Sherry for Dylan Walker and Gutherson. So let's just assume Gutherson's not playing uh, Origin. Do you think that's a good set of trades that you would pull the trigger on? If I'd if I'd have banked trades, saved some up, then yeah, I'm I might have a go at that, especially if I was chasing points over that round. But if I hadn't saved any trades, I'd be um, counting my numbers to see how much I got for twelve and how much I got for sixteen, and um, then yeah, no, I I wouldn't be making that trade. If you could get Ockenbaugh maybe for one, I'd I'd do that, but um. Yeah, if 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 you've been burning through trades, maybe Ockenbaugh to one of those guys and um, hold Sherry. I still think he's, his hands aren't great, but he's still getting those 40s scores in the centres that you're not happy with, but you can cop because that's what happens in the centres on a weekly basis. So one, I, I think once Johnson's back, or he, he could go really well. And I, I, um, the Sharks run... Is so round 13 they get para, then yeah. they play the Raiders, Bulldogs, and round 16 they'll play the Broncos at home, uh, and then they'll get the Storm, the Warriors, and uh, the Cowboys in round 17 to eight, 18, 19. So it's not, I mean, it's pretty mixed bag to be honest. It's a couple yeah. of good matchups in there, yeah. I'd, I'd still probably hold personally, as like I said, if you've max traded, I'd hold. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is if you can just do, say, Ockenbaugh to Gutho, um, I'd just leave it at that because there's every chance that, you know, Dylan Walker, there's no guarantee he scores any better than Sherry. And, you know, you'll lose a... You're just basically losing, you know, Bronson's Sherry from round 16 for the equivalent of Sherry in round 12, you know. And, so I and, don't think there's a there's a point for that trade. Yeah, and you, you're costing yourself the trade because... Then you've yeah you've got to probably try and trade him to someone else for sixteen anyway so yeah I'd I'd get rid of Ockenbaugh for one and hold the other yeah I think that would be the the preferable setup I would go with as well 
Um, so just as a to tie it all, all off, let's look at round 12 and which players in each of the positions make you the most nervous if you're not going to own them in round 12. So I think starting at fullback is pretty easy. Tommy Turbo, um, if he plays, uh, no-brainer. Like, I'd be very nervous not having Tommy Turbo playing round 12. Same for you? Yeah, I'm... Yeah, same for me. If 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 he's not playing, if he's not playing though, if I'll, I'll just bring the fixtures up really quickly. There's not, yeah, there's not really any other fullbacks in there that would concern me. Possibly Brimson against the Cowboys team that might be missing a few, but even then, you're taking a shot on him. So, I w- yeah, nothing that scares me. Yeah, there's no guarantee Brimson Brimson's playing fullback that round, regardless. Yeah. the way Garth Brennan is going. I mean, aside from that, I mean, everyone's got uh, CNK, so I, I would be worried if I didn't have him uh, up against the Bulldogs for round 12. And I think, yeah, I agree with you. That's pretty much it. I, there wouldn't be anyone else, uh, aside from maybe Gutho, that I'd be worried about, but obviously that's more of a center wing uh, position. So, yeah, let's move to center wing. Are there any particular center wings that uh, make you a bit nervous not owning them? Yeah, so again, it'd be Garth, um, CNK, and I didn't bring him up as fullback because I've got him at centre, but yeah, you could count him as a fullback, I guess. Gutho, again, I've always been iffy on him for some reason, and I don't I don't know who South will really be missing, possibly Cody, maybe Murray, though there is talk that Finucane might get in too. So if Murray's if Murray stays playing for South, I've... They're still going to have a pretty solid team, and they're good defenders. So, if that's right, then I wouldn't be too concerned about Gutho either. Yeah, so it'd probably only be CNK for me, oh, and maybe Wacker Blake still scares me only because, like I've stated before, his run home nearly killed me last year. If Manly is still busted, missing Jerbo, he could possibly pull out a big game. But again, they haven't been going that good, so it's more a little bit of a quiver rather than shaking in my boots. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I might throw in CHN as a potential. Obviously, we've seen his ceiling, uh, so that, that there is a chance he could go well, although the matchup is not ideal for him. No. Uh, aside from that, I mean, maybe Fergo would be the other name. I guess you could throw in there if he's not playing Origin. Uh, we can see that he, he does have a pretty high ceiling as well, but you can't have too many eels, I don't think. All right, so moving to the 5-8th position. So this is a bit of a wasteland outside of Cody Walker. Uh, I think, you know, safe to say that if he does miss round uh, miss Origin and he's playing round 12, he'd be one of those guys that you might, you know, either not watch that game or you might, you know, do something silly to your team to make sure you've got him for that week. Yeah, I agree. Cody Walker and then not much behind him. Maybe... I, I, I can potentially see White and having a big game against the Bulldogs, but then I wouldn't be wasting a trade to bring him in just to hope. So, yeah, the only player, like you said, is Walker. And moving to halfback, I guess the question is whether Nathan Cleary makes it or not. Uh, I think if he's not, do you think he's a must-have for round 12? Um, yeah, he, like he had a bad game last week both super coach wise and actually in reality and but I mean he'd been averaging sixties before that so while um, playing bad. <laughs> well yeah, while playing bad. And um if they click then yeah I'd be 
especially against Manly, who again will be missing Gerbo. I think, um, and he, he really stiffens that pack up. Yeah, he's he's their out and out leader there. So I think that could be bad if you didn't have Cleary and he does miss Origin. The other halfback, nah, not really. Apart from that, maybe Daily Cherry Evans if he comes back, but I'm pretty sure he'll be missing it. And they're potentially the two halfbacks I'll look to run home with, probably Cherry Evans and Cleary for mine. Yeah, I think that's a good shout. The only other name that does make me a little bit nervous, I'm not not like too scared, but I mean, we've seen Mitch Moses turn up to play sometimes, and uh, he's a bit of a flat-track bully. So if, if the Rabbitohs are a little bit decimated by origin, uh, which they may not be, but you know they also could lose Cook, Adam Reynolds, Cody Walker, Dane Gagai, Cam Murray. That could potentially be all of their outs. If they did lose all of those players, then there's every chance that, yeah, um, the Eels could end up racking up a bit of a score on the Bunnies. And if that's the case, then usually Mitch Moses is in the in the midst of those points. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think it... I don't see it happening, but it could. And that scares me a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, again, if if you've been holding him for that round fair play to you but what's i wouldn't trade him in just for that matchup but and if you've been holding him he's gone from what he, this is his scores so far this year 69 46 28 112 37 133 27 73 50 46 <laughs> so yeah it's that's like a roller coaster oh massive yeah so like I said, if if you're holding him for that, um, I hope good luck to you. I hope it comes off. But if you don't have him, I, I'd probably prefer Gutho personally. If you were going to bring a para player in for that matchup, well, he generally still tries and turns up every week. Even though you know, obviously against the Storm, he was trying hard and everything was just not coming off for him, falling off all tackles and stuff like that. But at least he was still trying. Like Moses was was even on the park. Oh, mate, he's... I didn't I, see it at all. <laughs> I, just I just remember people, like, throwing his name up for origin. And I've, sometimes you get just caught up in the moment. And he, he did, I'll, I'll admit, he had that really good game. But, like, they were against the Tigers, but they were just bullying them. The Tigers had given up. He was He was playing against, like, blokes who just conceded in the first, 25 minutes so yeah talking about him for origin i don't think he'll ever be an origin player personally so yeah he'll, he'll be he'll be a decent club half but yeah he's too much of a roller coaster for me and super coach as well yeah that's fair so moving on the second row forwards the names that jump out obviously tom malolo that's a no-brainer sam burgess i think even though he obviously had a bit of a shocking score but we've seen that you know, it doesn't take much for him to get a couple of attacking stats and we know he's got the offload and everything like that and he can sniff out a try this year, that's for sure. Uh, so his ceiling is too too high for me to not have him. Uh, and then the other name that uh, does make me nervous and it's because I'm likely to end up running without him, I think, it's going to be Viliami Kikau. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get him in, hey, Mate, not this week because he's got the high break even and two guys I want to bring in, I think, have a better matchup this week for them. But, um, yeah, he's he's just, like like you said, the other week he, 
he was looking like having an ordinary score and then he just goes runs over three or four blokes scores a try and whenever you've seen someone like that who can do that when he touches the ball yeah you got to be nervous him him and Latrell Mitchell I think are those are two players who if you don't own them in super cage every time they touch you the ball you just got to be going oh no what's going to happen here so I think if if Teddy's available next week. I'll probably be going kick out on Teddy simply because I don't want to watch it without him in the side. Oh, you mean like Turbo? Ah, uh, yeah, sorry, Turbo. Yeah, no, that's fair. And then front row forwards, obviously, um, to Pal, I think for me, I've, I've said for a while, like just his game is just so super coach friendly. The question for him has always been minutes um, and the fact that he's tucked his offload a bit uh, away a bit this year. But I think, you know, his ability to to nab an attacking stat. Uh, again, he's got a high ceiling, and yeah, he's one of those guys that I don't think I would want to to run without. Uh, I guess you could put Fanua Blake in that same basket because he's looking like a very similar player at the moment uh, in terms of his you know offloading ability, tackle busting ability. So yeah, I agree um, with probably those two guys. Any other names? No, not really in the front row. A sneaky play um, though if he doesn't make origin, could be Jordan McLean as well. He's has, um, I'm not recommending anyone do this, but um, he'll have the Gold Coast without Wallace, without Arrow. Right. And and he's been putting together some relatively all right scores. Last four weeks, 67, 54, 52, 70. Yeah, so I, I could see him having a pretty big game. In round twelve, I, I I wouldn't I'm not bringing him in, and I wouldn't recommend it. But I I think that might be a bit of a watch where you might be going, oh dear, he could have a big one. Yeah, I just don't see the ceiling though. Like, yeah, sure, he might play sixty, seventy minutes and have a, you know, I could just see him for a super coach anyway. He, not saying that he plays like Tolman, but that's the the comparison I would make in in terms of you know, it could be a big base stat game. And that's pretty much it. Like, there's no ceiling. He's not going to score tries. He's not that type of, you know, kick-cow type try scorer. Uh, well, he doesn't he... have that attacking ability like Tapao and uh, even Sean Lane. I'd be more worried about Sean Lane, I think, than I would be for McLean uh, as far as ceiling goes. Fair call. I, I don't know. I wouldn't rule out a try for him against that the pack that um, the Titans will throw out week 12. Yeah, that's fair. I just I hope might, it's all Tamalolo. Yeah, he will, yeah. I might um, actually have a sneaky bet on McLean to score around 12, actually. Oh, see if he makes origin first. Well, yeah, true. And then finishing up at hooker, obviously there's some, you know, the, the premium options most likely won't be playing. So when I say premium, obviously Cook, Farrah, Smith, uh, your top three hookers at the moment. So none of them will be playing. And I guess the, the scariest hooker that I wouldn't, have uh, is probably uh, Finu. Even though he's coming off the bench, he's got such good attacking upside, and we've seen him score, you know, 70, 80 points, even though he's played 40 minutes. It's ridiculous. Yeah, well, I've actually got him in my side, so I'm hoping he can jag that because he's going to be losing cash. So I hope, hopefully, he can come off the bench and um, get some points. But the only other guy I think who could have a big one if he switches on his um to Josh Hodgson. Yeah, definitely. He's certainly uh, 
we've seen him you know, go 120 plus, so we know he's got the upside there. It's just we haven't seen any anything close to it this year. It's no. been a bit sad, isn't it? Oh, mate, his only score 60 and above has come against Newcastle in round three. And I, this is one I was grossly wrong on at the start of the year. I honestly thought he was going to be big. But, yeah, I don't know. With, with um, Sam Williams there and Whiten's going okay at 5.82, it just seems like he's shoveling the ball a bit more, not running as much, maybe because... Especially with Sticky, um, Ricky Stewart as a coach, being the next half, I think he had he places a lot of emphasis on the halves creating. So maybe that's killing him off as well. Or teams have done their homework and just shutting him down and making Canberra try and win through the halves. Either way, it's he's, he's just not up to standard this year. So, but like you, like I said, it is against the Bulldogs and. He is capable, so that'd be a. Yeah, I wouldn't um, underestimate him putting up a decent score. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried enough to want to trade him in, though. And, oh no, no. Yeah, I think in you know having gone through that, the only players I really would say I'm definitely going to trade in because I don't want to have you know not not have them um, for round twelve if they do play is Tommy Turbo and Cody Walker. That's all it comes down to, really. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna bring Walker in, are you? Well, if he doesn't play round twelve, I'm gonna have to find a way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have Ponger and Munster at five eight, then one of them's gonna have to go. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, Ponger's gonna be a straight swap. He's seven hundred grand, you know that? Oh yeah, he is too. Now, what's Walker at the minute? Oh, I haven't actually looked. I'm assuming he's around that 700, 720 mark, somewhere around there. Oh, 707. Yeah, that's not a bad shout either. Ponga might not play uh, round 13 because the Knights play on the Friday. Yeah. So something to think about. Uh, I'm I'm just going to wait till round 12 before I think about trading Ponga out of my team. I just don't want to think of that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I understand that. Um, but look, we have gone on quite a lot. So I think we've covered a lot of the questions we've gotten in, in the course of our discussions. Uh, I think look, we might still answer a couple of quick ones because there are some pretty interesting ones here. So one of them is uh, from Butsy888. He asked if we should sell Reese Martin. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a, a definite one. Uh, you might try hold him, but I mean, he's 100 plus break even. If he scores 220, he's going to drop about 145 grand. So not worth trying to hold him just for that. At John Burton 89, is it mad to be thinking of trading out Latrell for Gutho, etc.? If you're, if you're again, if you're running out of trades and you think he's a final 17, I'd probably hold him. But in saying that, he's 723 grand as well. So, and his break even's like 130 something, like something quite high. So definite option. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So not mad, basically. Just uh, highly risky because he is playing the Knights this week. Yeah, and, and you, you'll, be, you'll be wanting him back. You'll be burning a few, like, trades again to bring him back in. So, yeah, if, if you look at the, the Roosters' draw after um, 16, they've got North Queensland, Newcastle, Bulldogs, Gold Coast, Canberra, New Zealand, St. George, Penrith, Souths. I can see most of those teams probably not being in the eight or at least half of them. 
So I, I think you'll want to finish with him. Yeah, I guess with Luttrell, um, just to quickly look at last year over Origin, he scored 60, uh, 57. That was only 50 minutes, so I think he had a, uh, some sort of injury or something. And then the week after, he scored 22 in 80 minutes. So it could actually work out quite well to trade him out and, and maybe expect a couple of low scores from him over Origin, but then straight back into your team. So round 19 was his next game, 129, 113, 75 were his next three games. Uh, post-origin so uh, look like I said definitely not crazy just um, highly risky given the type of player Latrell is and I think we'll probably um, have to call it there (laughs) we've obviously gone a bit over time than we'd hoped so thank you as always for listening thanks uh, and shout out to all of the champs who are uh, obviously supporting us Uh, thank you for hanging out in our discord Uh, you make it a great place to to just chat footy and super coach and, and we, we're talking nfl we're talking all sorts of stuff in there now so it's a really good place to hang out um if you don't know what we're talking about feel free to hit us up on twitter um so at nrlsc uh, underscore champions for the podcast twitter handle i'm at catfish sc and guy you're at gfini 10 uh, yep. So feel free to add us on Twitter if you would like to know more about what we're on about with our, our Discord and everything else um, in terms of our champs-only content that we're putting out there. And, um, yeah, good luck to everyone this week. It's a pretty critical week, so make sure you really plan your trades and prepare well uh, before the all-important big buy round. Yeah, have a good one. Yeah. <laughs>